0: Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. In this episode, Josh and I look back together on this last year and also reflect on my first year in full-time vocational ministry. We talk about some of the highlights of this last year and also what we're learning. Through it all, through the challenges, the changes, and the joys, 2021 really has been a year where God has once again proven himself to be good, faithful, gracious, and sovereign. We trust this episode encourages you to look back on 2021 and praise God for his faithfulness and steadfast love in your own life and also in the life of GBC. All right, Josh, on this episode, we wanted to reflect, look back, talk about 2021. We I both know. can't believe we're here, right? This year's flown it's by. All, it's basically 2022. I'm not ready. Are we
1: like 80 years old or something? <laughs> I mean, this is... Yeah, we're having an old man conversation. Though. I know. But it has, right? Yeah. It's really flown by. Do you ever do this? Maybe this is not helpful conversation, but I was the other day even thinking about how old my kids would be when they graduated from high school mm-hmm. and just kind of kind of like the decades we grew up in and when you graduate. And I was like, man, yeah, that feels like so far away, but we all know it'll be here before you know it. So yeah, I remember when Carrie and
0: I were young parents, we're not that anymore. When we were young, some older saints encouraged us with the whole, you know, the days are long and the years are short. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." You know, thanks for the encouragement. But man, that has proven so true, right? Days are long, years are short. Flies by.
1: Yeah. And this year felt like 10 years. So yeah, I'm just kidding. No, Yeah. yeah, but no, it'd be great. We were just thinking to just reflect on the last year. Mm-hmm. and it's important i think even when i think about things in the bible like how often god's people are called to remember yes and to kind of think about where we've been kind of what god has done how we've what we've learned how we've grown so kind of maybe a helpful practice oh, just yeah. to implement in our individual lives and especially as a church yeah, I'm really looking forward to this
0: episode for Gresham Bible Church to hear a uh, preview of what we're going to talk about, just things that we've gone through this year, books we've read, um, what our church has been through. Like I know we all know this, but I think there's going to be a lot of benefit to um, taking two steps back and reflecting and looking mm-hmm. back on what this year has entailed. So
1: And yeah. really why everyone's tuning in is because I'm going to put you in the hot seat, and we're just going <laughs> to have you go. reflect on your first year yeah. in pastoral ministry. So. Yeah. I got, some hard hitting, I got some hard-hitting questions here, <laughs> here we some, go. some ones I haven't even told you about. Uh, I'm just, I don't that's awesome. well, well, before we get to that <laughs>
0: exciting part of this episode, uh, yeah, let's just start the conversation. So what stands out to you 2021 when I say that? What comes to your mind pastorally of what we've been through? And then we'll just explore that together.
1: Yeah this might be weird to answer this way, but I think of food. Ooh, Yes, please. (laughs) Because for so, what felt like for so long, we were so distanced. Um, We went through the virtual church stuff of 2020. We had our first meals together this Mm -hmm. year as a church. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe that means nothing to anybody else, but for me, like that was pretty cool. I mean, just to have a couple picnics, you know, this summer where we ate together again. And, We've had coffee at church again. I mean, some of that, I think, Ah, has been, for some reason, that feels top of mind, like, as a a good thing, you know? Especially since, um, like, every church, you know, we've seen quite a few people, like, either move out of the area, move Mm -hmm. out of the state. We've had, um, you know... Uh, newer people joining the church. So mm-hmm. to kind of have these moments where we could all come together yeah. um, as we're getting to know each other, um, rekindling relationships of old for some people. Um, but yeah, those meals really do, I think, help bring people yeah, together. Definitely so definitely a highlight, huh? Yeah, totally. What about yeah. you? What are some of the things?
0: Yeah. In thinking about this episode, <laughs> I was just thinking about a year ago at this time and getting ready to come on staff and then for us practically on staff our church office changed, right? From one yep. end of the hall at this building to the other end. But oh, even yeah. how the Lord providentially brought that out so we have more yeah. space.
1: How That's we... a cool story though, because yeah. I may mean, have told it to some people if no one's been in the office, you should just swing on by and see mm-hmm. it. I mean, it really is a God given blessing of an office space, Amen. but just down the hall on the second floor of the old Ben Franklin building in downtown Gresham here. Um, but uh, when we were looking to bring you on staff mm-hmm. and we were thinking of hiring an associate pastor in general, I we could do it financially, but we had this one question really, it was a practical question, just we don't have enough space in our current office space. So Lord, would you provide us a bigger office space? So it's cool how within a mm-hmm. week of praying that, vacancies came up down the hall and we went and looked at it and it was way better space so big for us And bright and just welcoming, and basically the same price. It was just like, okay, God, you know, it was just so clear. I love when you. And a good confirmation that we were supposed to bring you on. Hopefully, the owner doesn't listen to this because we are ripping them off. (laughs) (laughs) He tells me he's he's an avid listener.
0: Yeah, an avid listener. No, I'm with you. Like those moments of remembering, even practically, like came to the Lord and prayed. Within a week, he answered just. Crystal clear, right? That prayer, yeah, yeah. I don't want to minimize that, no, you know, yeah. So. And even thinking this year, last or this time last year, we were gathering on Sundays at Phonics, right? And that With was a even kind of new. 25 people, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, and now we're at almost I mean, beyond that because I'm still in no, shock, same. Yeah. I'm still processing <laughs> like, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, like it was. <laughs> With trying not to scrape the gym floor, you yeah. know? I um, mean, that was a lot of stress exactly. for everybody in leadership, um, being candid. Uh, but yeah, we were at Phonics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some even some buildings that are markers for us and all that's happened, you know, yeah. being in Phonics, 25 people. Um, being at our old office, mm-hmm. at our new office now. Still got the good old community room or the GBC study, as it was once called. Yep. Um, and then moving over to Mountain View. I mean, I remember having our first we are just looking for a place to do like a members forum meeting mm-hmm. and uh mountain view was like yeah you can use this and we're looking for a place to do a baptism because we uh, we weren't allowed to do one at phonics uh-huh. you know to get water on those floors and so mm-hmm. mountain view said you can do it here and so i remember standing there in front of everybody at the members meeting just saying would you guys be open to move here for a temporary season and here we are, right? Been yeah. at um, Mountain View since Easter. Yep. So yeah, transitions and buildings. That's a big one that comes to mind. All of this already in one year time one frame. Year. Yeah, 12 <laughs> yeah. months. That's crazy. 365 days. Mm-hmm. I, I have more my math ends, but yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So, and I'm just thinking about, so I was installed and brought on January 1st. Shortly thereafter, Josh Matthews was added to the elder team. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord for the elder team to keep growing. Um, Community groups started. We had the picnics. Anthony rolled off. Curse, but you know, yeah. Shout out to Anthony. Please come back. (laughs) I know, Um, but he
1: has made a few dinners.
0: He has and excellent dinners.
1: A chef. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. No, and all, all these different things for the things Jordan's had to work through with student ministries and mm-hmm. where they gather and what a blessing it was. I know for my kids yep. to be in the space where we're recording right now down here in the community room with the study pods and all the good that came yeah. from that. Right. Yep. Um think a community group starting back up women's bible studies going well men's bible studies have started Mm -hmm. like i just feel like there's so much in 2021 that i i know for me in the moment i haven't really appreciated enough like man god you are so faithful and good and he's faithful no matter if the story was different but Mm -hmm. there's a lot for us to reflect back on and praise god for this year yeah yeah
1: selfishly i want to uh you know acknowledge too like i got to baptize my son Mm -hmm. this year in march at mountain view in the same baptismal waters not waters but baptistry of as my wife uh elizabeth when she was her in faith her sister um they went to good shepherd and randomly they used mountain views facility early on to get baptized and that was really special i think for our family yeah um and that's so cool yeah yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, there's just been a lot of different things, you know, yeah. transition wise from um, different, you know, COVID regulations constantly changing and uh, fun. Oh, man. You know, leadership <laughs> responsibilities out of that. And How many years um, off your life do you think that's taken you? I just have to ask in a moment. I'm yeah. probably going to die next year now. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, I already have an old man's body. So I don't, that's a good question. You have to ask the Lord about I that. Understand. But understand. Um, okay. Yeah, but I mean, you just, God has done so much in Mm -hmm. this last year. I feel so grateful, humbled Um, when you think back to, I mean, because every day of our lives, right, is sort of this staring off into the future that's just darkness. Like, I have no idea what the future holds. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do? You look around at the people around you. And you kind of say, in more words or less, let's get on our knees. Let's open our Bibles. How do how should we live today? What do we give to God and go, hey, we, we think we need this. Like, you know what we need. And then you just kind of keep walking, put the next step, you know, foot in front of the other kind of thing. And you keep walking. Preach. Amen. And then all of a sudden you look back a year later and you're like, man, I had no idea that a, a, a year ago all that's happened would happen. Yeah. That I mean, think about, I mean, and the things you can't even quantify, like the, the areas of growth in people's lives, my own life, you know, um, you think about the ways that um, what is, what are the things that God's been doing in our hearts that we can't even, Mm. um, mathematically like add up or see with our eyes. I mean, we're reading a book right now, Charles Bridges, the Christian ministry. Mm -hmm. That's an old, old book, um, kind of a classic on the pastoral ministry, And he talks about how what's weird about ministry uh, is you can't measure it in success the way that you measure it in the world, right? I mean, it's like you cast a seed. That's what it's equated to is seed casting. And how many seeds have we cast that sprout after we have passed or Mm. when we can't even see it, you know? And so that's the other part about this year that I think is worth acknowledging is, is it's helpful to think about the buildings. It's helpful to think about things that I can look at and go, God did that, or that's different at least. Mm-hmm. And, but man, I mean, when you reflect on a year, you almost need to reflect on our God and we reflect on the fact that like he's doing things that I can't see Amen. whether we see it or so not. I'm thankful yep. for the last year. Cause he's doing things like, I can't give specific glory to God for him over because I can't see it with my human eyes, but he's doing stuff. Like there's Mm. things in my life that I know he's doing, um, that I'm so grateful for that. I went through this year because I'm not the same person, you know, I hope for the good, you know? know? Um, so anyway, yeah. How about, there's so much we could talk about when
0: you look in the rear view mirror, right? Rather than the windshield driving ahead. So looking in the rear view mirror, we were talking beforehand, just uh-huh. reflecting on some books we've read together. Thought it'd yeah. be helpful to kind of call some of those things out. If someone's looking for some book recommendations or a new book to read, I'd encourage you all the books on this list are great. And maybe that'll help give an insight into some things that are happening, like from a leadership perspective and maybe like trajectory of where we're going as a
1: church. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Do might we be read? Boring, yeah, yeah some, I mean, some are better than others. I don't want but, to think that like every book we read as leaders or pastors, people would be like, "That sounds no. horrible." Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I'm just <laughs> fair, point, fair point. yeah, we yeah. do. We have a habit of reading together, mm-hmm. like you, me, and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, as a general rule, read a book a month together and discuss yep. it. Um, it doesn't. Sometimes it's every six weeks or whatever and then sometimes like you and I'll read a book together or Jordan and I'll read a book together or the staff read a book together this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the elders read to go together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some of these um, books that we read together um, just you, me and Jordan um, we read, I think we began the year with gentle and lowly. Yep. Right. Um, which we just gave out a bunch of free copies for of thanks to Crossway. Mm-hmm. And we have like still, 70 copies you think yeah come by the church office and get your copy of yeah, Gentle on read the way. it once read it again yeah right <laughs> it's an awesome book um yep.
2: christmas gift <laughs> seriously you yeah. doesn't want a free christmas yeah. gift should have thought <laughs> of that yeah Man, Dang it yeah
1: um uh we read um deep discipleship by jt english great book super insightful book yeah
0: right what do we read after that after that was, was it Living in God's Two Kingdoms? I think that was that the next one. Right? Yeah. yeah. Living yeah. in God's Two Kingdoms by, mm-hmm.
1: you got it there. I do have Van, it. David Van Drunen. That's right. It's probably Van Drunen, but <laughs> sure. You <I'm just> <laughs> could be right, man. I just, yeah. He's, he's no listening clue. to this. I don't want him to be insulted, <laughs> right? Uh, Rico Tice's book, Faithful Leaders and the Things That Matter Most. Yeah. Probably my favorite book. Um well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, really, really good. Um, we read Deacons by uh-huh. Matt Smethurst, yep. um, which is a little tiny book. The staff read it. Mm-hmm. We read it. The elders read it. Mm-hmm. As we were trying to think through, how can we cultivate a more vibrant uh, deacon ministry at GBC, the yep. importance of that, yep. getting understanding around that. Um, we read Going Public. Um it's um, not there, by Bobby Jamison. By Bobby Jamison, Nice. <laughs> which is about baptism and church membership mm-hmm. and talks a lot about communion. We read that as an elder team, especially in light of doing bringing back communion since we weren't doing it because we weren't gathered together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to think well about that. That's spurred on some helpful conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one is probably not a book everybody wants to read but um, but it was helpful for quick us quick fun story I was reading that book <laughs> to and from Maui
0: when I took Weston and Noah to Maui yeah and I'll never forget the flight attendant on the way back I was reading it highlighting she stopped and said wow you've been reading that book the whole time that must be really good and I, sh- I closed it and showed her the cover she's like oh and then she walked away so anyway <laughs> Did she didn't say that, anything no that's my plug for oh, going man. public yeah
1: you're like
2: do you want to talk about the gospel
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs>
2: yeah she scurried away yeah. yeah that's I didn't even tell Oh, yeah, yeah, that's sorry. a good yep. one, man. That's like an anti-airplane evangelism story. That's right, totally. <laughs> opposite of what yeah, to do. So yeah, so I was trying to share the gospel with the <laughs> flight attendant.
1: Um, probably leading with going public's not the best. <laughs> no, yeah, Put that's on there. the list. Um, yeah. we, um, what else did we read? We read um, Evangelicalism Divided by Ian Murray. Great. Yeah. Um, historical sort of book about um, the state of evangelicalism and where it began in yeah. the 1800s, how it began, sort of how it developed through the 1900s and the movement of fundamentalism and liberalism and um, talks a lot about like Billy Graham and um, some of the mega church sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating book. If you want to understand the evangelical landscape, what it means to even be evangelical, you want to think well about what sh- what should unify christians and yes. what are reasons why we shouldn't we should maybe not fellowship together, though, even though we'd be brothers and sisters in Christ. Super helpful. I
0: so appreciate you recommending us to read that book. I can't recommend that book highly. I find myself recommending you it. You can't recommend it highly. High, I mean, <laughs> oh man, I need more coffee. We're recording afternoon. I can't recommend it highly enough. Oh, there we go. Okay. I like okay. But, no, I would strongly I feel like a flight
2: attendant on your airplane. Right now. <laughs> exactly. You're like this explains a lot. Uh, no, a
0: great, great book. I think more people need to read it and familiarize themselves with the ideas and just the backdrop
1: uh, that that mm-hmm. book. Um, um, unpacks. So, oh yeah. yeah so yep. important. And then, um, on the incarnation by St. Athanasius, mm-hmm. um, which we talked about in our Christmas episode. Uh, and then some of the other books, I mean, you and I read deliberate church. Yeah. Um, look awesome forward by D.A. Carson. Is that Mark Dever and Alexander are the authors of that? Yes. Paul Alexander, um, I believe. Paul yep. Alexander. Um, we, me and Jordan read Leadership Essentials which is kind of like a workbook sort of thing mm. by Greg Ogden or Ogden 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 he wrote a book called Discipleship <laughs> Essentials I'm going to cry you just mentioned <laughs> yeah, Greg Jordan's sorry. crying over here <laughs> yeah, in the corner just right. the mention of that name sorry that was a Freudian slip or something um but yeah, he also wrote a classic book called Discipleship Essentials, which I've taken a lot of guys through just discipleship wise. It's really helpful in mm-hmm. the basics of Christianity. And this was good uh, for leadership. Uh, what does the Bible say about leadership? So, um, yeah, I feel like, oh, and then as Elder Team, you know, we've read different things. Um, we did read um, Shylon's New Reformation, mm-hmm. which is a really helpful book um, uh, on the conversation around race and that kind of injustice. In and so, um yeah so we have different things uh out of all the books that we've read um this year together and discussed I, i'd be curious like what do you guys would you say is the one that it, it impacted you the most you enjoyed the most that that kind of question
2: yeah well <laughs> producer jordan now has a mic so we get to hear from him do you want to go up first everybody? Jordan? yeah uh I, gentle and lowly even though it was the first book we read i still find myself reflecting on it often um it, it does a really good job of it. It's talking about how Jesus is both gentle and talking about humility and stuff as well. And um, I remember we've even read some blog posts of people like, this is a radical that these writers like, no, he's taking this from scripture, but just talking about the posture of Jesus. And uh, there's a lot about uh, our identity in Jesus, which is something I feel like I'm always wrestling with. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I've been a Christian forever and worked in ministry forever. It's like, making sure I'm finding my identity in him first and it just uh, and, and a lot of the story of um, which Ortland is it that wrote it Dane this, Dane okay yep. I was about to say Ray Ray's his dad yeah a yeah. lot of Dane's story it really resonated with me too of how he grew up as a pastor's hmm. kid and stuff like that too that I just like wow I just really related to a lot of struggles with legalism and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Of, And so, yeah, just coming back to, again, the idea of who Jesus says I am and who Jesus actually is. So yep. yeah, 70 free copies. Come pick one up. It's seriously, <laughs> it's a really, it's a good read. It's a fast read. I I suspect it'll be one I'll probably read once a year mm-hmm. after reading it. Yeah, great. Yeah, I completely agree. Gentle and lowly,
0: um, powerful book, a clear, compelling book. I loved also Rico Tice's. He wouldn't f- recommend it highly. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> exactly. Like Mike is a podcast, but we'd like you not to talk. <laughs> That'd be more <laughs> <helpful>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, the, the Rico Tice book. Uh, I've been giving that out to men's ministry uh, leader, Bible study leaders, and community group leaders because mm. I'm with you. Um, packs a punch it's short but man there's so many books on leadership and that's all well and good as a former like business leadership guy but this book it cuts to the core about what leadership is as christian so yeah i'd encourage people to read it to start the new year but then maybe my favorite book that's like my slow build up to my favorite book is probably deep discipleship Mm -hmm. by jt english Um, theologically does a good job, I feel like, summarizing the importance of discipleship in the local church, but then also he provides a really helpful practical path forward and what that can look like in the local church, Mm. not mandating a particular model or approach, but how principles can be applied in the local Mm. church. And we'll talk more here in a few minutes, but that's really been helpful for us at GBC in framing out some things that have already started to manifest themselves that we're Mm. wanting to cultivate and what we're building too. So, if someone wants to um, kind of dig into more, hey, what does discipleship mean, especially in the context corporately as a local church? Uh, mm-hmm. Great read. There's some good podcasts out there as well, interviewing the author JT English. So, I found Deep Discipleship really helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised I thought you were going to say going public. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you really are. You felt, uh, kind of a curveball there. So, so. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I kind of didn't bury the lead when I said the Rico Tice book, Faithful Leaders. And the things that matter most was the one I enjoyed the most. It's super short, uh-huh. um, but I've followed Rico for a while. Uh, he's a big kind of evangelist sort of person at All mm-hmm. Souls Langham Palace in London. Um, and man, it's it was kind of it was kind of eerie because basically what that book talks about, and even the quotes it uses from old dead people, is basically what I've. Been the gong I've been banging for the last 10 mm. years so at the branch the church we planted in Corvallis um, we have an internship program so every year I'm taking people through um, a leadership development training and for the like one whole day basically we're just talking about like our character mm. and who you are matters most how you know, I, oh, i quote all the time and I'll do it till the day I die, but just kind of you re, leader, my leadership philosophy is you reproduce who you are. So who you are matters most, you know? And so when I'm looking for another leader, when I'm thinking about myself, I'm going, do I want 10, you know, 20 more Josh's in the church or Mike's or Jordan's or Ange's mm-hmm. or whoever's, you know? And so, cause you just reproduce who you are like, um, uh, Charles Simeon says, "You know, um, uh, you know, my people's greatest need is my personal holiness, mm-hmm. right?" Um, as is the minister, so are his people, yep. you know, just who you are matters more than anything. And we've felt the damaging effects of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ev- seems like everyone is listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, you know, mm-hmm. podcast, or, you know, we've seen leaders rise and really fall hard and hurt people. And, and it's like who we are matters so much. And it's easier to say harder to live, but yeah. it's so important. And so basically what that book says, I was like, wow, it's literally like, Um, Like I've always said, I will never write a book. um, Even when people joke and ask me that. But if I always thought like if I ever did write anything, it would have been that. But now I'm like, sweet, I don't have to do that. You know, because Rico did. (laughs) Rico took you off the hook. And, uh, but I I could not recommend it highly enough. And also the, I mean, the, what is the forward by Alistair Begg, like Mm -hmm. one of my pastoral heroes. And so, um, yeah, super hits the right note, I think. And what was important about leadership and when you look at the Bible and how, The Bible just emphasizes character in letters. And so, um, and we all lack character but um, yeah. it's a good it's a good warning. I just I have to share something real sure. quick because we're in a
0: reflective mood uh, about the book, Faithful Leaders and the Things That Matter Most. Again, I'm um, giving this to community group leaders. Yeah. Shout out to Jake Freshour. Jake emails me back and says, hey, is this the same Rico who wrote this, who did, did this? And then he sends me a Photoshop score football card of Uncle Rico from Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> so it's not the same Rico for Uncle anyone Rico. who's one. Uncle Rico and Rico two, two different Ricos. Oh, yeah. man. That's
1: yeah. disappointing, actually. I know it is. This guy has I, a British accent. And uh, and doesn't throw the
2: ball over them. mountains. he does play rugby, I think. And so. he does have a sweet foo man, too, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he does. I don't know. Josh hey I, real quick, you mentioned uh, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill yeah. podcast. I would say after... Uh, Gentle and lowly and faithful leaders is also my number two favorite book. That's probably been the other thing that's impacted me the most this year. I mm-hmm. really put off listening to that podcast because uh, I grew up in Washington. Mark Driscoll actually attended my dad's church briefly when he was attending Washington State University. Mm-hmm. There's a shout out on the of him talking about a church with pink carpet that I'm pretty sure is my mm-hmm. dad's church oh, that funny. we grew up in wasn't wow. actually pink it's like a it's a light red it was a mauve <laughs> rosé i don't, know, I don't what know color mauve it is. I, I, it's a reddish <laughs> anyways i really put off listening to it because i knew i was just gonna get yeah. upset listening to it but our men's group had been talking about it. i was like oh, i gotta do it and mm. i'm i'm famous for binging podcasts at quick speeds which is Triple why i speed. produced this one uh but it listening to it it's sad for yeah. one and it is frustrating but it made me so appreciate the church and the leaders that we have because yeah. it's like, I I, don't, I, I, it still doesn't make sense to me. It hurts my brain of like, how did that guy get such a following and why is it that they talk about in the podcast? Why is it that people are looking for such mm-hmm. authoritative leaders like that in their lives when mm-hmm. – it's a good question. Yeah. Like that's not we, who Jesus is. That yeah, yeah. That's not where we seek out uh, the, the, the gentle kind of leaders, leaders <laughs> that Rico is <was> talking about. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. The so, gentle lowly, lull- Yeah. The, yeah. So it just made yep. me, that podcast while it's been, I still have like a couple episodes left, but I'm just so grateful for GBC and for our elders and like knowing that not only do we have humble men who their heart is just too speak God's word, truly Mm. not your own opinions while you're preaching or teaching or whatever. Um, and that your heart is to disciple those within our church in such a way that's like in a loving, but also corrective way if it Mm. needs to happen and not a, I'm going to throw you under the Mm -hmm. bus if you go against me is like, Mm. I I just can't imagine ever being in a church like that. And GBC, don't worry. Our church is never going to be like that with the men that God has put in place here, so mm, by God's it, grace, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I mean, something like it's sad to listen to, but it it makes you appreciate so much more yeah. what you have, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that, are, that was impactful a too.
1: Especially around the area of you know, like if you think about discipleship, right, which I know is part of the direction we want to head. Um, I mean, discipleship is, we've, we have changed our why we exist statement. If we look back a little mm-hmm. bit more than a year ago, we changed our why we exist statement to be more intentional around discipleship language. And it's, so we say it every time on the podcast, Mike does in his glorious um, radio <laughs> voice. it every other time. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, that we exist to glorify God, right? That's clear in the Bible. And we've stated that as being disciples who make disciples to glorify God and being disciples who make disciples. So being a disciple, we're supposed to abide in Christ and uh, basically look to him as our leader, right? Uh, As our King, as our savior. And we want to reflect him. That's what it means to learn from Christ as a disciple and then make disciples. And so even when we're talking about the discipleship, uh, what that is and our Mm -hmm. commission by Christ to go do that, to make disciples of all people and to do that through the transforming power of the gospel. Um, we're, we're thinking about, like, who, who are we hoping to see, you know, produced in this discipleship process? Mm-hmm. Well, it's people made in the image of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we're looking more and more like Jesus. And so, yeah, those books Gentle and Lowly or The Leadership, you know, book on Rego Tice, you know, I mean, that's kind of what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. and it kind of does start with leadership on the way down. Yep. And um, so, yeah, that JT English book, deep discipleship was an intentional book for us to read because we had changed our mission statement to more intentionally talk about discipleship. And so when we brought Mike on as associate mm-hmm. pastor, who was going to oversee areas like community groups, like men's ministry, um, some of that other discipleship areas, Yep we've been thinking through, okay, how are we making disciples as a church? How are we gonna do that going forward? And that book helped us just try to think through what sort of discipleship environments do we wanna have? And so when you came on in January, we started reading that book in February, Mm -hmm. started to pray, plan, think about how we're making disciples as a church. And so this fall, um, we had some changes mm-hmm. that were maybe subtle for some, but it's pretty significant in our minds that we hope will have a long-term traction and effectiveness in that um, we changed, which for some people is a big deal, but not for me, but changed the term small groups to community groups because yep. we wanted to emphasize what's the purpose of these groups. Um, the purpose of them is not their size, that they're just small, but of what we're hoping to see happen in those groups that Mm -hmm. community is formed, right? That, um, it could be sort of a front door to the church. You know, I have this friend who doesn't know Christ. I can invite him to my community group, you know, Uh, a place where I can get to know people better and be known Uh, a place where that could be a huge environment for prayer, a huge environment for sharing testimonies about what God's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, where we can eat, right? Because he doesn't want to eat, right? <laughs> so, um, and so community groups and then men's and women's, we used to call them groups, but now mm-hmm. we have uh, intentionally called them men's women's Bible studies. Yep. So um, I'm teeing this up, but we've had some changes that you've really overseen the leadership oh, of, Mike. And oh, I, so I think, maybe your intentionality and how that connects to well, that. I think book. collaboratively yeah. through
0: discussing it, you and I and you and Jordan and I and the elders and just, okay, who are we? Where are we going? Wanting to be as biblical as possible. And I don't mean to throw like jargon around, but like as gospel-centered as possible. So mm-hmm. it's not by accident in our statement, right, through the transforming power of the gospel. So that's the engine in all of this. That's the fuel we want to be found faithful, not perfect. But yeah, deep discipleship helps give, I think, a lot of insight in terms of our ministry philosophy, our vision, for lack of a better way to say it, our approach that um, the local church is to be about discipleship. Each of us as individual believers are to be about discipleship. And so we want to be faithful and help cultivate that mindset and help each other grow into that and make progress is the mm-hmm. um, marching orders, not perfection, but progress. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Over month, year over year.
1: So yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about that then. I mean, that's some of the changes we've made this last year Mm -hmm. to kind of reorient what are community groups for Mm -hmm. and what are they doing in our church's life? Um, Because I think most people, we've talked about this, at least you and I in private, that a lot of people try to make small groups be everything, Yep. right? You try to make them be these groups that are their missional communities. And like, what are you, what are you adopting, you know, Mm -hmm. in in making impact we try to make them places of Bible teaching. Um, we try to make them places where people do just have community or they're really open and vulnerable. And, um, which all those things are great things, but basically you need, um, full-time pastors to basically lead those groups if they're going to be effective or not. Mm -hmm. And so every leader, um, you know, has to be, gift is gifted in certain ways. And so there's strengths and weaknesses then within every group. Um, And so we just said, what's the win for our community Mm -hmm. and for them to be actually groups where community is cultivated. Um, We have a distinctive that says prayer is indispensable. Uh What's an environment we could put people in where they can just unapologetically pray for each other, support each other in their needs. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Give testimony. Um, so that's been huge. And then Bible study, right? We want to be in God's word or, you know, one of our first distinctives says scripture essential to all we do, right? We want to be in God's word. I mean, I've talked to, and we don't want to like separate everybody all the time. I mean, obviously community groups, we open up the Bible, share about what God has said in that, in his word. But I've talked to many women, especially, um, just be honest with you, yeah. who've said, I feel way more comfortable having a Bible study in a group of women mm. because I, maybe feel a little more intimidated in a mixed setting or something or i say even guys like sometimes you're just you don't feel like is free to maybe share about certain things in your life because you're in mixed company and so Uh these men's women's bible studies i think are really empowering people to lead um in these discipleship ways and also creating a smaller environment you to really be honest about how they're being confronted with God's word and how it's ministering to them, how it's, you know, convicting them. Um, so that's huge. And then the third facet that we're trying to unfold at some point is, um, offering classes, Mm -hmm. you know, classes that will provide teaching around theology, maybe around history, around, um, kind of Christian basics, living, how to read your Bible, um, classes around ethics, Mm -hmm. um, maybe certain topics that people are wrestling with yeah. maybe marriage or yeah, I think you've said it this way. It
0: resonates with me timely and timeless. So things yeah. that are timely for this cultural moment in our context and timeless things that are true for the church throughout the ages for mm-hmm. Christians to grow into. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that'll be like sort of that third avenue that we're mm-hmm. hopefully Lord willing, Lord willing to see Amen. unfold in 2022. That's super so exciting stuff. Like
0: play that out year over year and those discipleship kind of infrastructure or just environment in our church to have intentionality and a plan to it Mm -hmm. and developing the next generation of Christians here in East County as a local church. Like we need to, the whole trellis and the vine idea, the focus is on the vine, but for a vine Mm -hmm. to flourish, it needs somewhat of a trellis. So Mm -hmm. we're trying to focus, not play those off each other, but just try to be faithful in all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, so basically as we're reflecting on 2021, mm-hmm. there's actually been a lot of things that have changed. But maybe you're like undercurrents or mm-hmm. you can't really see it's in fullest impact yet. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest ones in our minds as pastors is that we've tried to be a lot more intentional on how we're making disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, even the beginnings of this podcast, trying to have conversations around things that we maybe have with people in private, but mm-hmm. trying to make it more public. Um, but how, what are the trellises, or the trellis around us making disciples? Mm-hmm. That's going to have a long-term impact. Amen. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, can I? Do you want to transition? Sure. Do you want to get in the hot seat? Let's do this. <laughs> I don't All right, have let me, any. Let, let uh, me buckle up. Can you light a fire around <laughs> his chair right now? That would be great. We need
2: the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh man, I can't even think of the name of the show now. <laughs> What's the Million Dollar Show quiz show? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes. Oh yeah. Da, 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 oh, da. All the be, lights come yeah. down or whatever. Yeah, here we go. happen? I'll at least the, throw that sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. have that
1: visual in our mind. Is yeah. that yeah. the church budget? I don't yeah. think it <laughs> is. So. But yeah, Mike. I mean, you stepped into pastoral ministry mm-hmm. at the young age of forty-three. You've just made my day. Thank you, Josh. Forty-three, right? <laughs> yep. Forty-three. Yep. Um, I hope it's okay. I'm announcing your age, but so you stepped into pastoral ministry Mm -hmm. at the age of 43, uh, this January, January 1st, 2021. And as we look back on this year as a church, you coming on the elder team and on staff, has probably been the biggest, Mm -hmm. um, thing that we look back on. And I know I'm thankful to God for, Mm -hmm. I honestly have many days where I'm like, I don't know where I'd be. Mm. Uh, if God hadn't brought you on board, because mm. it's been mm. a really hard year, yeah, if we're being really year. honest. So, yep. um, so yeah, wanting to hear your reflections and, yeah. and I think it'd be really important for the church to hear from you and kind of how yeah. that first year of pastoral ministry has gone, especially as mm-hmm. you've been in um, the non-church world for your vocation mm-hmm. uh, every year of your life up until now. And so yeah. I imagine it's a huge shift. So I thought I'd begin by asking you, okay. Um, what, when you think of the last year, first year in pastoral ministry, what are some of those highs? What are some of the things that you're Mm -hmm. like, man, that was, this is sort of, um, an anchor of joy for me. This is like a memory of, oh man, that was good. You know, I really enjoyed this.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm continuing to reflect on all this. So these are real reflections, uh, kind of glimpses, so to speak, nothing definitive. I think a highlight for me in the first year was our week of prayer and fasting Uh in March, Mm -hmm. just coming out of 2020 was super tough. 2021 still tough, but just thinking corporately as a church. And that's when we were still meeting at Phonics, but we thought this wasn't really going to work long-term. What do we do? And then just to come together as a church, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of uh, like Dean Wells came up to my office randomly one of those days and and prayed in the middle of his work day. We Mm -hmm. gathered corporately people across our church just praying and fasting together yes just that's a highlight for me of Mm. the year and then not like hey we pray and fast and then god does this but god did in his providence then provide us to meet at mountain view and it's like wow that's so cool Mm. so that was a highlight for me highlight for me is uh working with you guys Mm-hmm. with the elder team we have right now. Oh, shucks. Um, no, no, it, it's the truth. Like <laughs> yeah. like you said earlier, what Rico Tice highlights, I'd say for an elder team, so goes an elder team, so goes a church. Mm-hmm. And to have, to be able to serve with dear brothers, uh, friends, we don't always agree all the time, which is probably good, right? But real, true gospel unity, working with you, I count it a blessing to mm-hmm. be in this role. First year in pastoral ministry, I don't have any like degrees next to my name. Mm. So there's a learning curve here for me. And you've been patient with me. Uh, we get along really well, even mm-hmm. though we're Seahawks and 49ers fans. I love the fun we can have, the transparency. I just. The bets we can place. The bets we I can lose. Place.
1: Yes. That Josh's slack oh picture gosh. is now a Seahawks helmet from Tecmo We just Bowl. put a little bet on, it wasn't money, but a bet on the Seahawks-Niner game. And I felt really confident that Niners <laughs> are winning. They lost. So did I. So, so yeah. now my uh, profile picture in all of our uh, leadership Slack channels is a Seahawks <laughs> yes. Techmo Super Bowl helmet. Oh, so, yeah. Which 5% of the people listening to this care about that. Yeah. But no, I
0: would just say highlights would be week of prayer and fasting and then just who I get to work with. And uh, I'm beyond thankful for it. I told, I think I told this to Carrie or Weston, my oldest son, the other day. Sometimes it still feels like a dream. Like mm. I'm going to wake up and be like, like a oh, nightmare yeah. Or like, no, a- like a good dream. Like <laughs> i I'm back in corporate worlds. I've always felt called to mm. vocational mini- ministry and in God's providence. That was just not it hadn't happened. And Mm -hmm. for that, uh, strong, compelling desire to be made true Mm. is, um, I'm so thankful for it. Hold it lightly as the Lord wills take it a year at a time. But yeah, man, first year has Mm. been, uh, really joyful. I'm grateful for it. And yet also really hard both at the same time. Mm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, man, no, I, I've want to say this, but like you're the real deal, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, I mean, people, other pastors ask me, like, how is it going? Having you as associate or how are things at church? Mm. And I consistently say, oh, man, like, Mike is such a blessing. Mm. Um, and the impact you've made in my life, you're a stabilizing mm. force for us. Mm. Um, your character, you know, when we read Rico Tice's book, you know, I mean, people like you just probably pop into our minds easily. Yep. And so Excellent. I know you know your flaws and I'm sure you oh, have yeah. them. But, um, but, you know, I, I think... That's something I think worth saying a little bit is, um, I was because I was reflecting on this a couple weeks ago. Like it's it's probably a way bigger blessing than I realize. That at least in our leadership culture and all the meetings we're in with all the different leaders, deacons, staff, elders, mm. that's pretty amazing. How every meeting I go into, it's just like everyone's the same. Mm. So like if I'm in an elder meeting with everybody. Like, I'm like, yep, that's Mike, that's Rob, that's Josh, that's mm-hmm. Joe. And then if I'm at church on a Sunday, like, yep, that's the same Rob and Joe and whatever, my, Josh. Yep. If I'm, like, hanging out, you know, uh, with anybody outside of that time, like, yep, that's Rob, that's Joe, whatever, you know. Yep. And so, I've you know, whether that's on staff with Noel or Ange or, you know, Carrie and Bethany and Warren and, like, everyone's just the same. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a simple thought, but that I've wondered how unique that is probably because some of the things we listen to and some of the horror stories you hear, <laughs> but kind of amazing that like, you know, when this, when Jordan tells you he's recording, like the mic I hear is the mic you are, right you know? And I think that's huge. I think that's a tone setter and it's a gift of God's grace,
0: honestly. amen it's a gift of God's grace to our church. And I'd say the same, right back to you, not to do the awkward. Oh, shucks back at you, but <laughs> yeah. same thing. So our kids overheard us, Carrie and I talked about the rise and fall of Mars Hill and I told them something they should be thankful for is God has gifted Gresham Bible Church with leaders along the way um, mm-hmm. who have been the same in private as they are in public mm-hmm. uh, with strengths and flaws. And I am beyond thankful for that. So yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, so good. I'm glad there's been something that's good, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, because I wanted to ask you too, you know, what's been the lows, right? I mean, mm-hmm maybe to put more skin and bones to it. I mean, what's been the most difficult and maybe even agonizing parts of your first year? Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because I imagine, I know that mm-hmm. there's been really hard things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we are yeah. we minister together and um, I thought it was worth saying, but I mean, because right now, even in just like the whole world in America as a whole, um, there's a phrase going around. Um, people are calling what they're seeing in the workforce, the big quit or the Great Resignation, there's been two different terms coined, Um, just an unprecedented wave of people quitting their jobs as a whole. Um, I read that statistically the highest month ever in American history of people quitting their jobs was a a month where 2.7% of people quit, which is a lot of people when you think of how many millions of people live in the country. Um, But currently in our country, we are seeing an average, so average, not just like, yeah, hey, we had a bad month, but average of three to 4% of people quitting. Um, people are burning out. People are having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Leadership on any level has been hard. Um, and that relates especially to pastoral ministry. One of the statistics that Barna just recently came out with said that 38% of Protestant pastors have seriously thought about quitting in the last year. Wow. And If you are under the age of 45, which you, my young sir, are uh, (laughs) under the age of 45, that statistic goes up to 46% Mm. have serious thought about quitting. So you either are crazy or I don't know, (laughs) but you stepped into pastoral Mm -hmm. ministry for the first time in your life Mm -hmm. during a time in history where people are quitting their jobs more than ever. And people are dropping out of pastoral ministry more than ever. And there probably are some advantages of that maybe, but um, uh, I would be curious for you to share with us, with yeah. me, just what's been maybe the most difficult or agonizing parts of the mm-hmm. year for you. Um, I'm sure there'll be something that comes to mind after
0: I respond that I wish I would have said this, yeah. but I think two things come to mind. One, and I really truly mean this, is my own depravity and my own insufficiency, mm. I think I shared this with you earlier, even this week in terms Mm. of ministry of like the grandeur of being an elder, being a pastor, what's needed to do that. Well, man, I fall so far short. Like I'm disappointed in myself often. Mm. And so I have to preach the gospel to myself. Like, man, I wish I would do this or I, you know, had more insight here. So just my own stuff that I bring to the table, Mm -hmm. right. Confronted with my own, man, I, I need to. Be walking more in step with the gospel than I am. How do I call myself a pastor when I have regrets as a dad of how I've discipled my kids and like mm. all of that stuff. So that's mm. real. That's a wrestling match every day. So that's been hard, right? You walk with that yet. The Lord shows you his goodness through that fight. Mm. Uh, and I'd rather be in that fight than to be like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. So praise God for that. But then secondly, the hardest thing I could, I want to be careful what I share too much in detail but um, it's hard when people leave a church Mm. so and that can happen and I'm not saying no one can ever leave a church but um, and if anyone listens to this that has left GBC I'm not trying to say anything, you know, uh passive aggressive or anything but just it's hard you're when you're aggressive I know I'm so, so aggressive. <laughs> yeah. uh, like when you love a church and when you love people and this is probably my personality influencing this but you picture like man, we're in this thing together. Like we're mm. going to do life till I don't know how long. Like kids are going to grow up together. We're going to love Jesus together in this church and then when, you know, That changes when people leave a church at first, when that, when a few people left GBC, it, um, it didn't impact me. Mm. I just like, and I think in a good way, like, all right, that's the Lord's will. And, you know, we talked it through and we're good and I'm still good with some, you know, those that have left, but, uh, it does hurt if I'm being really honest. Mm. And so. That's probably a me issue. So just trying to work that through, right? And trusting Jesus is the chief shepherd of his church. Uh, I'm called the shepherd, the flock among us. So that's who is um, GBC. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I don't love brothers and sisters in Christ who fellowship elsewhere. And sometimes people leave churches and that's okay. I've left a church before, so I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, get on a high horse. But if if I'm being really honest Mm -hmm. to your honest question, that has been hard. And Mm -hmm. that's harder, more kind of the tail of it than rather initially. So I'm working Mm -hmm. through that trusting the Lord in that. So that's what I would say. And I think underneath that, what's hard and maybe I'm projecting myself is I feel like with some of the difficulties in the local church and GBC isn't unique. We've experienced some people leaving and, you know, wherever people fall on mass and COVID, no matter what, it's been hard. And I think some of that is it's coming to roost the seeds that have been planted or not been planted in the generations that have gone before us in the local church and i mean Mm -hmm. ecclesiology and what a pastor is Mm -hmm. so we have misconceptions about what the church is and what the role of a pastor is Mm -hmm. so why am i surprised if then people are untethered or looking for their church to just mirror their political views Mm -hmm. rather than gospel theological views. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but I think that has been hard and disappointing to see. Oh, it's not surprising probably why we're here. Mm -hmm. And because that's taken a while to get here, it's probably not a quick, easy fix. Uh So that's made me care about this role even more yeah. and a pastor with a horizon or two in view of the next generation of GBC mm-hmm. may they be grounded in the gospel and have a biblical understanding of what yeah. the church is and what the role of a pastor is yeah anyway so that's a long answer to your question no
1: that's a great answer I mean I think just my initial even hearing what you're saying to me just signals that you're you're a great pastor mm-hmm. because um I think there should be more concern if there's people you've really loved well, cared for and leave. And you're like, Oh, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I mean that to feel the pain of that, I mean, yeah. it's pretty natural. That's, what's hard. I think about um, love in general in mm-hmm. any relationship, especially at a pastoral level, if you really love your people, um, love the flock, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that can be really painful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you're so invested. You care so much. Yep or you feel misunderstood, you know, or whatever it is around something. Um, So I I would just say be encouraged by the fact that like, I think that just means that you're being a good pastor. uh so well, you model that well and
0: so i know we've helped mm-hmm. encourage each other this last year it has been a hard year and a joyful year all wrapped into one so it feels a little disorienting mm-hmm. right was yeah. 2021 like a great year or really hard year yeah.
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right uh, i like to ask you because you i've heard you say this before mm-hmm. and i thought maybe you could elaborate on it but uh cuz you've you've mentioned i think twice even in this conversation um, the future generation, you mm-hmm. know, and I've heard you say many times, like I look out at GBC and I'm trying to think of what we're doing. Uh, you know, if my kids are a part of GBC when I'm gone or, you know, can you elaborate yeah. more on that? You say that a few times. Yeah. That just orients my heart and my prayers
0: and my hopes to not make it about me or to make it about like immediate, Um, outcomes or measurable results like what you shared earlier about bridges right that's been such a ministry to me to read that book together with you and talk about it is that the call of ministry is planting seeds and i think it's god's grace that we don't always see those seeds come to sprout so to speak in our lifetime or in our purview because then that would just make us prideful Mm -hmm. and it would rob god of his glory and Mm -hmm. so so that just helps reorient my heart and what i'm ministering to i hope that doesn't sound cheesy but like as a dad maybe it's how i just see the world as a dad Mm. right um if we pastor to the next generation holding that loosely as the lord wills but if the lord wills Mm. uh for there to be a second generation of gresham bible church i want to pastor to that horizon so i can leave it better you know, for the next generation mm-hmm. to hand it off. I just think that's healthy and it gets my eyes off myself and it gets them on growing the kingdom and God's mission and not, you know, protecting our territory or just worrying about GBC, even though I love GBC and I'm beyond honored to be in this role. It's more about the big C church in greater Gresham, advancing the gospel. And man, I want
1: to be about that. So, yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, You, um, have the unique privilege, I think of you've been at GBC how many years? Twelve ish, twelve ish years. Yeah. yeah, so longer than me. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I mean, so you have like you've had an experience at GBC that extends way longer than myself mm-hmm. or Jordan, um, and you were a part of the life of GBC as just a member level, mm-hmm. uh, other areas of leadership level, mm-hmm. and then now you've sort of. Um, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, you've been able to see behind the curtain or something, you (laughs) know, like you've transitioned into now stepping into a full-time staff elder role Mm -hmm. of a church that you've loved and served as a member um, for so long. What have you found to be surprising or Mm. different or, um, yeah, just like, uh, interesting to you as yeah, you've man. transitioned good, from good question. I, I don't know how many people get to have that experience of moving from being a member of a church yeah, and into being like, I'm now the <laughs> pastor of this church. Yeah. I uh,
0: I'm so thankful for this. Like that's come to mind a few times this year. I think it'd be my experience or feedback or observations on this would be different if I was like new and then coming in as pros and cons, not good or bad, but it's different. Mm-hmm. So to, Go back to the first question a little bit or what you just asked about the next generation. Part of it is cause like some of Carrie and I's friends at Gresham Bible Church, like we babysat some of those kids. Like my kids are friends with those kids. And now they're all in high school We're talking about college and what's next. And so like it's real for me to care about mm-hmm. the next generation because we've kind of grown up in this. Yeah. I hope and pray that like another person. Full time vocational pastor from GBC rises up through the ranks. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that'd be a good thing for that to happen more in local churches. So, Westendahl Associate (laughs) Pastor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Something like that. But there's, uh, to succinctly answer your question, there's been nothing that's been surprising. Hmm. And I think that is because of how well Virgil and the elders over the years have led and other ministry leaders have led to hold it lightly, to develop future leaders, Mm. to disciple and pastor. And I think that's just God's grace that he's been preparing me Mm. for things. And so... Maybe that's not the best answer, but honestly, I Mm. can't think of one thing that's been surprising doesn't mean there's not Mm. learnings, but it's not like there's this aha moment, like you lift up the board in the backyard. There's all these bugs. It's like, no, this is, this is what I thought.
1: Yeah, totally. No, it makes sense. You know, the guy who has no favorite Christmas cookies or meals or anything. I do love no (laughs) bakes, no bakes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, how about how's, how has the change, uh, impacted your family? Yeah. We're still working through that. Yeah. So it's
0: been a blessing and huge because the last job I was in corporate wise was just, uh, beat me into the ground in terms mm-hmm. of stress and work level. And yet pastoral ministry is different in terms of, um, kind of boundaries, right? So when am I on the clock? When am I off the clock? I love Gresham Bible church. Carrie loves Gresham Bible church. Our kids love it. So it'd be easy for work to become all consuming. Mm-hmm. So there have been weeks where i probably work too much if mm-hmm. that makes sense even though it doesn't feel like work mm-hmm. so yeah the family's been behind this the whole time that's been the prayer that this would be a blessing to gbc and to my family not play one off the other that's been true and yet we're working through you know what is sustainability look like what mm-hmm. are boundaries like and so i'm learning as i go so yeah yeah
1: that's one of the hardest you should ask questions. that question
0: of carrie more so <laughs> yeah where is she yeah beard, <laughs> yes, right? future episode Yeah,
1: um, no that'd be really interesting to have yeah. you guys together on here um and just maybe uh, i mean it's a pretty blanket general statement but what are just some of the things you're taking away from this first year what are some of the things mm-hmm. you've learned that have stuck that you're like, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna think about this in this way now, or yeah, um, just maybe things that have been different. I mean, because again, moving mm-hmm. from the sort of, for lack of better words, like secular world of mm-hmm. vocation to being a pastor is yeah. quite a transition. Yeah, I think there's a lot
0: that I'm um, learning in that space, but a few things come to mind is in terms of how to measure success. So in the past, for those who are listening to this probably most, you know, in a non ministry type job, you know, you're measured, you know, uh, on an annual, uh, performance cycle, right. You get quarterly feedback and one-on-ones. What is success? Here's your goals. How do you track to success? What are the metrics to measure success? Yeah. None of that applies to ministry. (laughs) And so, um, so I'm still reorienting my heart into what does success mean? Right. I've been like trained or discipled into thinking, Corporately, and I hate that about myself, but I'm realizing that's like a filter I see the world through. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's a learning there. Um, Learning again, I said this earlier uh, how important being biblical is in what the church Mm -hmm. is and what a pastor is. So much more could be said on that. That's a consistent, Mm -hmm. I have to check myself. And uh, another thing I'm learning, a friend of mine from high school who uh, has pastored for years before I took the role, he's like, Hey, can we talk? And we talked and he gave me some advice and it's held true. He's like, you are going to become codependent whether you Mm -hmm. want to or not. So be prepared how you're going to handle that. So Mm -hmm. meaning what people say about me or you or other elders and positively or negatively, I'll start to tether my heart to that and how I'm quote unquote doing in the role. And then either how I start to see myself, how I'm doing as a Christian.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so that's constantly preaching the gospel to myself. And then the third thing, I guess, sorry, I feel like I'm riffing on this going off, is is, is, uh, I know we all would like give mental assent and check the box, but Jesus is truly the chief shepherd of his church. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for you as our lead pastor of GBC, but ultimately I'm thankful that Jesus is the pastor Mm -hmm. of GBC that like, orients just what success is, what Mm -hmm. our work is to be about, who we're seeking to glorify, Mm -hmm. um, that it's way far above our pay grade, so to speak. Right. But Jesus has this. And I guess that's just fueling. I think Matt Chandler and some others have said this. Like, it's a great time to be a Christian. It's a great time to be the church. Mm. Like, I hear people talking about in GBC, outside GBC. I hear the echoes in my own heart. Like, oh, what does this mean? You know, the government, or this, what kind of country, or this decision, or this. And it's easy to be fearful, and I get Mm -hmm. some of that stuff. I'm not naive. But man, like, if you really believe God's sovereign and Jesus is the chief shepherd of his church, we're here at this time for a reason. So let's mm-hmm. lean into that. It's a great time to be a Christian, great time to be the church, mm-hmm. different pastors leave full-time vocational ministry for different ways uh, or different reasons. Not, not all bad, those stats you read earlier, but for me, like going into year two, it's like, yeah, let's do this. You mm-hmm. know, like it's a great time to be the church. So that
1: kind of gets me excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So, I mean, the year it's had a lot of highs you know like by god's grace a lot of good has happened yep and it's had lows you know hard stuff and yeah. i know in that bridges book the christian ministry we've talked about how um, there's a great line in there It was just really centering one day i was at a low point and it talks about basically like i'm par- completely paraphrasing i mean bridges is like he talks like i don't talk but <laughs> uh he was just like what else would you expect like yeah. you basically signed up <laughs> to not only be a Christian, which says deny yourself and take up your cross, but you signed up to be a shepherd in the Church of Jesus uh, who the chief shepherd uh, clung to a cross mm-hmm. and that's what it cost him. you know Amen. So basically it's just gonna it's gonna be costly, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be painful, but that's the great promise, you know mm-hmm. as the seed that dies falls into the ground, you know, New life will spring forward. And um, that's our great hope. You know, I think that's what's so wonderful. You're saying it's a great time to be a Christian, a great time to be the church. Absolutely. And that's been so, I think, foundational for me. Thinking about that, you're like, man, if we just keep doing what we know we're supposed to be doing, if we seek to be the people we're supposed to be, and that only comes through believing what we're told is true, Amen. and that my identity is set, that um, I am loved. You know, if, if we're people who are confessional people, I go, man, I've screwed up, you know, or God forgive me for this, you know, and we're just consistently being, um, shaped and whittled into these people that reflect our savior. Um, I mean, good things are going to continue to happen. I mean, greater days are always ahead, Uh you know? Um, And that's what's so great is you don't own, you don't have to like figure out like, oh, we got to reinvent everything now or we uh, (laughs) got to gotta do this now or I got to worry about this now. I go, no, I just, you know, that's why we, partly why we've read so many old books this year. And as I've read Evangelicals When Divided With You or Bridges book or On the Incarnation, it's just, we're blown away at how, in a way, the issues are just like recycled with different clothes on, you know? And- it, the church of Jesus has thrived in this world from the day he ascended. And um nothing's gonna change that. Amen. You know? Amen. So, can I just say
0: one of my favorite quotes real quick on please. that by Jonathan Edwards? Yeah. Jonathan Edwards said, Our bad things turn out for good, our good things can never be lost, and the best things are yet to come. So oh, that's man. true for the Christian and the church, yeah, right? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Amen. Yep. It's a good Thanks. it's a good line for 2022. Yep. So Amen. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? You good? No, that's
0: good. So um, great job MC. Oh man, well done. Like, yeah, all right. I need so, a better vocal, so, but, you know, that. So uh, Gresham Bible Church, thanks for joining us on this episode and reflecting back with us on 2021. And we're looking forward to 2022. So if you have any thoughts or ideas or questions or anything that just sparks um, your engagement on this episode, we'd love to hear from you. And you can do that by reaching out to me at mike at greshambible.org. Until next week. Thanks.